Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. excited to be back with you and I was excited to interview um, some of the muses for the podcast uh, this week and so that should have been already released by the time this comes out and as I was talking to Siri who's one of the founding members of the muses who create these beautiful artistic events um, I was thinking about my time as an event planner so for about two years, like one and a half years to two years, I was an event planner for a major department store for Lord & Taylor. And it was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was, I would say it was the best job I ever had. Um, So if you're going to have a day job, um, it was a pretty awesome day job. (laughs) Uh, what, What I did was I helped brainstorm creative events to bring more people into the department store and the more creative the better like they really were very open to like very different ideas trying new things um, producing interesting events and I learned so much when I was there about event planning and creating a successful event and what kind of drives people also and what makes them want to come to an event so I just want to share Five quick tips that I thought would be useful for you guys as you create your own art events because I know a lot of you have studios and if you have studios you'll probably have open studios at some point and how to kind of like make that better um, in terms of attendance and just ambiance and sales as well for your art because when I was working at Lord & Taylor Yes, they love to create all these like amazing events. However, um, the bottom line for them was sales. And these events were meant to really draw people to the store so that they would purchase more of what they had to offer. Now, I know that many of you didn't go into art to become super, super wealthy. Um, you probably went into art because you love creating. You love you know, making these like amazing visions that you have in your head and you just love the act of creating. And then you discover that you can, you can make a living doing this. So I totally understand. Um, it's not all about sales. However, it having amazing events around your art definitely helps, you know, draw people to it, make it a more enjoyable experience for them to actually be immersed in a space that has your art in it. So without further ado, Let's talk about these five tips for having a great art event. And I do go into this in really in depth in my course, the Luminary Artist Academy, um, with like timelines and templates and, um, you know, lots of 
helpful things. Um, but for here, I just wanted to give an overview and some things that I have thought about that are just really good basics that even if you don't take my course, you can take with take these um, tips and run with them and really incorporate them and make an amazing event. All right. So number one is to start planning early. So I, when I was an event planner, I would at least have a month's notice before there are any events. And it's even better if you have more. So if you have like three months notice, that is like amazing because you can really start promoting and planning and uh, just like designing the entire event. So if you're thinking about having like an open studio, look at your calendar, like open it up, open your calendar and look two or three months in the future and pick a date where you're going to have your open studio. This will also give you uh, something to focus on so that you can really make your work in that direction and start to set up your studio in that direction if you're going to have an open studio. Um, and if you're having like a show at a gallery, you're definitely going to have more than three months notice because the gallery needs to plan out. Galleries usually plan out about a year, if not more. Um, so... So with, with a gallery show, it's a little bit different because you're not going to be in complete control of everything. However, you can still, with the gallery, with the entity that you are promoting this show with, you can act as their ally and really, you know, talk to them about what you want the guests to experience at your show, where you want the works to be, um, you know, what do you, what do you want them to be doing at the show, um, what do you want to serve them as far as food and drinks? Uh, if you want to have any other special entertainment. So talk to your gallery about what you envision for the exhibition. If there are any interactive parts of the exhibit, you know, and then as far as advertising and promotion, you can talk to them about that too and how you can um, do like a joint promotion. You know, there's, there's so many things that you can do to promote a show, but talk to the gallery if it's a gallery that you're working with for this event. And um, think of them as like a partner, because I know a lot of artists have this view that like the gallery is like their knight in shining armor, and it just takes care of all of their worries, and they don't have to do a thing except for make the work. But really, you are serving yourself so much better if you get actively involved in the process. So I would just encourage you to get actively involved. All right, but if you are doing like an open studio event, Absolutely. Start planning early, two to three months in advance and pick that date and, you know, just start brainstorming. If you have some creative friends, um, you can start, you know, brainstorming together about some ideas that you have for the open studios. What could make it interesting? What could make it unique? So, um, yeah, definitely start planning early. And that way, when you think of things that you could add to the date, like let's say you want to have catering, um, you can absolutely book all these things so much earlier if you have more, more time and you'll be able to get better rates for that. Um, as well as just having the peace of mind and the knowledge of where you're headed. Um, that's really the most important thing because then you'll be able to direct your energies towards that. And also when you put it out there early, it gives more people the ability to put it on their calendars and really write that in ink and make sure that they show up. Whereas if you like make an announcement the week before, a lot of people have already made plans for that. 
Um, so yeah, start planning early. That's my number one tip. Number two is create things to do at your event. So whatever kind of art event that you are hosting, create things that people will want to do. So one thing that I learned when I was a event planner is people are really simple creatures. Like we are, we all have like an animal nature to us, right? So we love things that involve food, um, interesting costumes, um, you know, any kind of like pleasurable experience, any, anything kind of like interesting, surprising, secretive, like anything that piques people's interest, um, and offers them an interesting escape from their everyday is something that people are going to be interested in. Um, one of my favorite events that we did while I was at the department store is we had, we had like a winter event where we had these giant, <laughs> and I, I totally pitched this entire thing. It was so amazing. We had a photo backdrop, um, which was like a, like a, a magical, um, it was like a magical winter forest with like snow falling. It was like a photo backdrop. So people in their new clothes could take pictures of themselves and that creates animation, right? It's interesting. But I was like, why don't we make this a whole thing about the nutcracker? So we had two nutcrackers, um, standing there so people could pose by the nutcrackers. They were like life size. And then we also had, what else did we had? Oh, we worked with a local ballet company. And we had ballet dancers perform little vignettes from the Nutcracker. So we had like two ballet dancers coming, come in and, um, it was amazing. Oh my gosh. The, um, like kids loved it. The adults loved it. Like it was really an incredible experience. I loved it. (laughs) I was like, this is so cool. Um, and where do you see like department stores doing that? Like, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Actually, I take that back. I got the idea from watching something on Netflix. It was called The Paradise, and it's about this Victorian department store in in um like turn of the century London, and in that um in one of the episodes, they had a ballet dancer, and it was such a beautiful thing that I was like, "Oh, I've never even heard of this. Maybe we can do this at my job. <laughs> so um, so it was so cool. And uh, the sales were amazing that day. And um, and yeah, so, so it was fun and creative and outside of the box. And I was also able to get like a lot of food and drink vendors to come in as well. Um, again, people love to eat. People love to drink. People love to be entertained. People love to be swept away into a a different world and, um, you know, reminded of the beauty and joy in life. So think about in your art event, what else besides your art can you do to kind of entice people into your event? Now, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. Um, you know, your art is amazing and that is reason enough for people to come out and, um, go to your studio and spend time with you. But, it can help people to overcome a barrier of um, awkwardness. Like if you're going to go to somebody's studio, there is that question of like, well, if I'm going to go to her studio and all I'm going to do is look at the art and then I'm going to feel like I have to buy something. Whereas if there's something else that they can do, like let's say that you have like a live musician there, or let's say that there's like a craft table, or let's say there's, um, uh, 
yeah, like a dance performance or um, a singer or anything else you can think of um, to kind of like make it a little bit more interesting, a little more interactive, even if you just have like a cool photo booth and you offer like to take free photos with like, um, with like a Polaroid and they get to keep that or something, something to keep them busy and keep them um, interested in doing things that don't directly have to do with your art, but that make them actually associate your art with like positive feelings. So good food, good wine, good, um, you know, good drinks, anything pleasurable like that, as well as if you want to have some kind of live entertainment, that's always good. Um, yeah, just use your imagination. And I know each one of you guys is so different. Each artist's work is so different and your lifestyles are so different. And a lot of the times you're going to draw people into your circle who collect your work, who are, you know, they like your vibe or else they wouldn't be there. So really embrace that, lean into that. Um, you know, if you have like some ideas, you know, really just like lean into it. Maybe you want to have like a dress up tea party or something. Um, just, just think of like ways that you can make your art show more interesting, more interactive than just an art show. You want it to be like an experience. And that's what I've seen a lot of success with, um, the events that I planned with Lord and Taylor. And then that's what really I've tried to do for a lot of the events for Era Contemporary and my own work. So, um, you just want to make it really enjoyable, enjoyable for people and like a fun experience that they don't want to leave. All right. So yes, number two was create things to do at your event. Number three is, um, to promote it every day. So this isn't as hard as it seems. If you have social media in any form, then you can promote this every day. So once you make up like a little graphic of your event, and then you like make a place where people can register for the event, like on Facebook, Eventbrite, or your own thing. Um, so you want to make like a page where people can register. So it'll like remind them. And then you want to promote it every day, promote it on your social media. You can do this by like, um, just like posting it in your stories every day with like, um, a link to swipe up, or you can, um, post it on in different Facebook groups every day. You can email, um, I wouldn't email every day, but if you're like rotating different actions, like maybe Facebook one day, Instagram another day, um, sending an email another day, um, just be sure to like promote it in some way or another every day and you'll start to see people registering for it because people need to see it like seven times before they'll actually take action. That's the st statistics. So it's not personal. If you post it once and you don't get anybody responding to it, don't feel bad. You just need to like really put it out there more and um, then you'll start to see people um, start to register. So yes, um, yes, just start promoting it every day. And this can, it literally takes five seconds to just post it to somewhere every day. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six month self-paced transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. 
As an artist myself, who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach, and I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now, six months from now, if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows press celebrating your work and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistsalon.com. Make it easy to purchase. So the last one I, I have is make it easy to purchase. So if you're an artist um, and you're having like an open studio, make it super easy to purchase from you. So one thing that you can do is you can write beside each piece, like let's say that you're hanging all of your pieces on the wall. Um, write beside each piece, all the details of the piece, the name, the, uh, the medium, the size, and then the price as well. And if you're feeling really fancy, you can also print out little Q codes. Um, so a QR code is like those things that they have like at, um, at restaurants where you scan it with your phone and then the menu pops up. So you can have like, you can make your own Q code if you'd want for free. Um, there's lots of websites that do it. Just Google it and you can print that out and maybe make it like just link to your PayPal account so that if people want to purchase that piece, they can just scan it right off the wall and then pay you directly to your PayPal. And since, since the price is there, um, you know, they'll be able to do that. So that is my advice for making it really easy to purchase. If you don't want to do that, you can also just like have a price list available. Um, you just want to make it really easy for people because pricing can be a little bit dicey because, you know, you don't want to quote something to somebody and then they expect it far lower and then it makes them feel bad that they like can't afford it. Um, so you always want to leave people with a really good feeling and you're grateful for people visiting your studio, whether or not they buy or not. Right. 
um, you want them to come back. And, you know, I've had students buy my work, people who have like saved up for a year and then they've like bought an original. So if somebody really loves your piece, then they'll find a way, you know? And so don't feel like you have to, um, have to kind of like give, give it all away <laughs> if people can't like afford it right away. Um, cause if somebody loves it enough, then they, they will make a way. So make it easy to purchase and, um, you can find your own, uh, method that works for you, um, to make that, to make that easy. And now how this ties into, um, my event planning job at Lord and Taylor, obviously things are very easy to, to buy at a department store because the tags are all there. Um, on each of the items, you just bring it to the counter and you purchase it. There's no questions about like, oh, I have to like see how much this is. And, um, so it's very easy for people to purchase. And another thing, this is okay. So here's a little bonus tip for when I worked at Lord and Taylor, I would also create these little like vignettes, um, during the events. So like, um, if we were selling clothing, then I would create this like beautiful mannequin with like some of the, the clothing that I liked on there. And then on a table next to it, I would accessorize it with like different things like, um, sunglasses or like a scarf. And then we had a little home goods section. So I would set up these beautiful little vignettes, like pretending like it was a desk at home or something like that, that made it really inviting for people to explore all the different options. So you can do something like this in your studio or in your gallery show. Um, let's say that you are, you're selling some smaller pieces. You could like group them together to encourage people to like buy all of them, you know, or you could set up like a print table and make it really beautiful. Like maybe put some flowers around it. Um, you know, set it up in a really beautiful way, maybe frame a print to show how it looks framed, how you suggest it to be framed, and um, just really make it beautiful and inviting, and to set up these beautiful little vignettes that people can really explore and be interested in. Because fun fact, um, we are actually meant to explore things. So the way that nature is set up is really stimulating yet calming to our brains. So when we go on a walk in nature, there's like a billion things to look at, right? So we're walking through the woods. There's like zillions of leaves everywhere. Um, there's so many branches. There's like different wildlife. It's really overwhelming to the senses, but it's like, it's, um, it's over overwhelming in like a peaceful way and in a way that makes us want to explore what's around that corner. What's over here. What's over here makes us want to pick up like little treasures and bring them home, right? So you want people to have a similar experience with you in that they're always discovering something new. So how can you how can you bring in a sense of discovery to your own work? And how can you do this in a physical way so that um, it's interesting when people walk into your studio and makes them want to like explore more? So those are my five tips plus a bonus tip for uh, making cool events for your art career, whether it's an open studio or a gallery. So yeah, those are just five tips. I hope they're super helpful for you. And um, I can't wait to share with you more um, podcast episodes with some more guests that I'm going to be having. And I hope you guys are really loving this. And I would love it if you 
actually left a five-star review. If this has helped you at all, um, I will, you know, screenshot it and uh, repost it if you send it to me. And it just, it just really, it means the world to me. And um, I read every single one of them. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was helpful and I hope you have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.